Sorry, who's talking to me then? I just had a WhatsApp. I was uh, I should have been listening. Sorry. Yeah, I was I was speaking to you, but I, I I don't blame you at all for actually looking for distractions from from Swansea's plight right now. Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, the Swansea City podcast. I am Gitto Thewilin and with me as usual, we have Steve Carroll and Matt Baraku. Evening, boys. Evening. Evening. Um, spoiler alert, this is going to be a rotten podcast. We are in a foul mood. This is being recorded immediately after Swansea's uh, late defeat to Preston North End, um, just three days after another late defeat against uh, Birmingham City. Uh, two defeats, which, Steve, I think we can fairly say have ended Swansea's top two hopes. I think the first one realistically ended our hopes, and it today sort of is more about um, making us think, are we going to drop out of the top six full stop? I mean, you know, um, we're on shocking form, aren't we? We are now 447 minutes without a goal. And in that time, we haven't looked like scoring. Obviously, we've we've lost all four of our last games. Um, things are, are not looking good today. That Lady Luck has now deserted us completely as well, which was with us for a good while. So, yeah, I, I I'm not feeling uh, especially confident in it. I actually didn't want us to play today because it's uh, I felt like it was going to be a nice uh, day off work and. Uh, would like to have done something else, but obviously blind loyalty meant that I uh, changed any plans I would have made and uh, decided to watch the game. And uh, of course, it was uh, not an enjoyable afternoon again. I I I I'm hating the Swans right now. Um, I'll be honest. Like the the only other thing I had planned for today was was to take some some um, stuff to the dump. And I'll be honest, Matt, um, I saw less rubbish at the dump than I have seen from Swansea in the last <laughs> two games. Um, let's start off with Birmingham. I mean, where does that performance and result, I guess, rank among kind of Swansea's worst performances and results of the season for you? It's probably the worst I've seen in 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 that time um, in Cooper's time. It's been. It was it was shocking, and I mean, you just had to just scroll through social media during the match to to see everyone could see it wasn't working. We were screaming out for subs for some change, and um, I think after the last minute penalty um, and him to insult us further, then to to bring Whitaker on um, in the 90th minute uh, to to see out the last couple of minutes was just rubbing salt in the wounds, really, and 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 then post match saying. We were thinking about making subs all game. Well, I'm sorry, that's that's simply not good enough. It's not good enough to stand there with your hands in your pockets and thinking about tactical changes in game. He's incapable of making them. He's absolutely incapable of changing anything during a match. If it's not going our way, suck it up, boys, because we have not got anything in us to change a game. And and sadly, that's the way it is. Birmingham was made me really angry. Today, I feel a little bit more... Um, I'm quite the, I'm, I'm at ease with it to be honest. You know, I was speaking to Steve just before we started recording, and I and I mentioned that we're in Paul Clement territory now for me, whereby um, we're not creating, we're not looking like we're going to create, and we're at the point now where we're throwing the towel in before a ball's even been kicked. Um, there's just nothing from the first minute to the last, as we saw against Birmingham, we saw again today against Preston, and once you get to that point, when it's not just, and I know Steve mentioned Lady Luck, but a lot of the times you have to make your own luck. You don't get penalties unless you're in the box. You don't get deflected goals unless you take shots. You know, these are all things you just have to create and try and nothing, nothing was on show. So um, I think when you're at the point where you're not doing anything, you're not changing anything and you're on a dramatic slide, then what is there? What is there to play for? What is there to hold on for? I think you're just, uh, you know, you're going to hide into nothing. Um, Cooper's, if they weren't numbered before, Cooper's days certainly are now for me. Really? Well, I mean, you know, Steve, I, I'll be honest. I, I was I was surprised when I see, saw the starting lineup against Birmingham. I really expected a lot of changes, just purely because of fitness, because we were shattered before the international break. 
But then he went ahead and picked Connor Roberts, who's definitely slowed down of late and has just been away with Wales for two weeks. Um, he picked Mark Gay, who had been away with the under 21s, uh, for the England under 21s, and, and had even picked up an injury while he was away with them. He picked Bidwell, who I think has been, you know, just gasping every time he's been playing since around November. Um, he picked Lowe and Ayu up front, who'd done more travelling than both than any of the, of the other players put together and had been, you know, looking really, really poor and struggling for, for fitness, etc. before um, before the international break. I mean, I it, it was as if the, the the whole plan ignored form and fitness. I and, and it showed then in the game. I mean, as Matt said, we didn't really create anything of note. I mean, Lowe had a decent attempt early on in the game, um, which was saved by Etheridge. I remember there was a Danda free kick, which was a decent attempt, but one you'd expect the keeper to save. But apart from that, I didn't see anything against Birmingham. And, and this is against one of the, I think, the, the, the team, the worst home record in the entire division. Um, I didn't really see us trying to, to win the game, really. I, I mean, we, we, we were, obviously. You know, you go out to, to try and win a game. But it didn't look like it, did it? No, it didn't. I mean, I know you, obviously, you hate the phrase must win. But, you know, after Watford had won, like in the afternoon, obviously, we went a long way behind then. Surely you, you, even you would have been thinking, for example, wouldn't you, that um, you know a draw from this game isn't really enough, is it? We needed to win, didn't we? No, actually, I, I, I still thought, like, you know, for example, we lost against Birmingham, and today we, uh, you know, we, we went 10 points behind Watford before start of play, but they dropped points. So, you know, you're thinking, OK, if we win against um, Birmingham, uh, against Pre- Preston, sorry, we're only seven points. We've got a game to come against Watford. It's not... And it's not totally like an unrealistic mathematic. No, no, I, I agree with you, but you know the yeah. Birmingham game. Like surely we should have been thinking in that game, a draw here is not really oh. good enough if we want no. to get top two. Was it? it may not have been literal no. must win. But you, you can't, can't play for a draw. You can't yeah, play. We, we for shouldn't a draw. have been thinking. We shouldn't have been coming away from there with thinking, oh, if we get a draw here, pat let's pat each other on the back. It's just crazy. So. Then just the fact that it's, it's like lack of subs, for example, like we're waiting for Whitaker to come on, doesn't come on, and then lo and behold, you can see, and then he brings him on with a minute to go. I just think it's embarrassing. It just like it's, to me shows that he doesn't really know what he's doing. I mean, yeah, in terms of team selection, I mean, it just seems a lot as if he's got his favourites and he doesn't really look elsewhere. I mean, if we look at the January transfer window now, other than Huran, I mean, nobody's really had a look at it. I know Jordan Morris obviously did have that injury, so you can't maybe say so much of him. Ariola obviously has now gone back, but let's be honest, he, did, he didn't like him, did he? Kieran Freeman was brought in, I'm assuming, to try and be the backup for Conor Roberts. He's barely played a single minute. Um, it's, it is just crazy. I mean, I mean, didn't Cooper say the other week about fatigue that, you know, it's, it's not going to be a problem? Well, I, I think it is, because a lot that, of our that, players... Go on. That, I was going to say that comment could come back to bite him in the backside. I felt that at the time it was, you know, it's probably just a throwaway comment that he didn't really think about because obviously, you know, a modern manager has to understand that fatigue exists for goodness sake. I mean, but I mean, well, this season, especially in it, I mean, you look at this season, like it was a month less in terms of uh, time. So then you've got to pack more games into it. And then we've had a couple called off for COVID. And we obviously we had a, a little run in the FA Cup as well. We've barely had a free midweek, and then we obviously we didn't play for two weeks, but then a lot of our key men, the likes of Connor Roberts and Andrea, who would play every single minute, ended up on international duty. I mean, it's all these players, that they need a, like a bit of a break. And it's, as you say, it's starting to show now, I think. We we just look dead and I think we look out of ideas, and it's really caught up with us. And that thing of lady luck has now completely deserted us as well, so... You know, you know, you're saying, Steve, I mean, we were just before we record and uh, get to ask us both if you're Cooper out. And obviously you said you're not quite there yet, but you speak as I speak and you're quite scathing of him and you say he hasn't got an idea of what to do. What's stopping you from from feeling that he's got to go? Because nothing's changing and wins we were getting before by our own admission. We said it on this pod week in, week out. Didn't deserve them. The 94th minute penalties did not deserve them. And if you win by that on the odd occasion when most of the time you're trying something, but when you're not, it's not working, you win luckily, then that's great. But when that is your, that is how the only way you can win any game now. I mean, I, I just wondering where the line is for you between him not it's, having a clue and him, you being Cooper out. To be fair, I, I do see your point. It's just, 
I, I don't know if like a change at this stage would actually make like a huge difference. Like we, I don't know, will we still get in there? I, I don't know. I think maybe I'd, you know, give him one or two extra games. I also feel like in some ways, like as poor as it's been, even if we did like, you know, finish like six, it's, it's difficult to be like overly critical, if that makes sense. But I'm, I'm not seeing things that I like. I would definitely, from my point of view, in the summer, I would haul him in and say, our style of play is terrible. If you don't change it, like you may as well go now because we can't put up with this and like it's not sustainable over a, a long period. And I suppose the other thing is obviously he has done well with stuff like obviously limited budgets and obviously my, his contacts have been quite key, haven't they, in getting like a lot of players in. So I do think in that sense he's done obviously that there has been some good work done. But I mean in terms of style of play and, and now obviously what what we're seeing and the fact that uh, we, we just look so poor. I mean. Yeah, it is. There is definitely a case to sort of suggest it, but yeah, it's it just seems harsh. And in some way, the other thing would be, of course, if you get someone in, I mean, there's no guarantee that that is going to have um, a much of a reaction either. I think in the summer would be the better time to like have a reset, really. But you know, I I do see what you mean. Well, Matt, what's going on? Sorry, mate. Repeat that. I just uh, lost you a second there. It sounded like there was a, the roof was crashing down with you. Yeah, uh, no, the kids decided to walk in and as they do and, you know, try to make as much noise as they can because I'm on the phone. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, I, I think we I know going back to, to Steve's point there. Um, um, financials aside, well, let's let's consider financials then. You talk about he's under contract and maybe, you know, at the moment, but from what rumours in the media, he's probably not on a very lucrative contract. The murmurings of him wanting an improved one. Um, well, he may be playing himself out of any sort of new contract at this stage, but from financials, from a business perspective, um, and, and historically football-wise, you know that sacking a manager who clearly isn't getting anything from the players anymore can can bring a, a sort of renewed enthusiasm. You get a bit of a new manager bounce, three, four, five games perhaps. Um, maybe even if we don't appoint the manager, maybe even if we just give a caretaker job to, to, to Curtis or someone like that that we've done in the past, just to give us a bounce, give us some momentum, try something different on the training ground. Let's try and renew some sort of belief. We, we're running ourselves into the ground because the football we play exerts so much energy. We're lumping the ball long for us to chase. It's not Swansea as we know it over the last 10 years. Um, and, and so as a result, we, we're flattening our, flatten our asses, essentially. We need to bring the ball down, play short passes, pass and move, etc. You know, we've talked about this before. Um, from a financial perspective, from the board, if they were to get that new manager bounce and it was to somehow get us over the line or maybe we go up through the playoffs, etc., then they re- recoup their investment. But at the moment, they've got to look at it and think, we're not making the top six as things stand. As simple as that. For me, like I, I've seen a few people mention now, kind of the new manager bounce. I, if we do get, if we were to get rid of Cooper, and let's face it, we're not getting rid of Cooper. Um, I think the rest of the league would kind of be amazed um, that a team in our position would be get rid of a manager, etc. Um, but more than anything, I think if you know that any kind of new manager who comes in, I don't think he's got anything to get a bounce out of. You know, they, I, it, there's just that he's worked this squad into the ground to, to with kind of such a lack of ro- the lack of rotation, overworking them, the tactics which which demand so much of the players um mm. in their running. It's it's just exhausted them. So I think if you were even to get a new manager, if, if you were to get in Alan Curtis a for example, just to kind of get them um, you know, get get lighten the mood a little bit and get them um, get them playing with a bit more freedom again. I, I just don't think there's anything there to work with. They all look absolutely shattered. They all look like they've just completed a marathon. Um, and, and that's that's down to Cooper. Uh, you know, he has to take responsibility for that because as difficult as it is to, you know, manage fitness in such a congested season, he's not really made much of an attempt to do that, if we're being honest. I mean, no. there's been we've rotated the squad less than almost any, um, any side in this division and it's left us in this position now where he's just kind of throwing muck at the wall and seeing what sticks in terms of tactics um, because it's, I, you know... I absolutely 
I absolutely agree exactly with what you're saying, and 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 there may be nothing to work with. But I throw a question back to you: um, if the finances aren't aren't as dangerous or aren't as bad as as they could be with a with a different sort of manager in charge, what is there to lose? At this point, do you see Cooper turning us back into a football inside, even if he's given another year, even if he's given a full summer and a big budget? I, I couldn't see that happening with Cooper, with the Swans. Um, you know, I really, really can't see that happening. And perhaps, as Steve mentioned earlier, you're looking at a when someone's time is up at a club and you feel you get a feeling for it, whatever. If he can't turn it around, it may not get better with a Curtis temporary in charge. But is it going to get worse? I can't, I, you know, even if you just get the shoots of recovery, but nothing more, it, I can't see it getting worse. And for me, you're, you're really teetering on that edge of, are we benefiting more from leaving Cooper C this season out? Yes, I know people from the outside will laugh at us and say, but often you get only this week now, we've got people saying, what's happened to Swansea's style of play? Only this week. It's scandalous that the media are so blind to what we've been watching for nigh on uh, 18 months or so that you got that situation where people are now clicking on going oh Swansea don't play good football do they do you know what, it, even, it's the media the, so far behind even during the Birmingham match the commentators were like oh well Steve Cooper says you know this isn't how he wants to wants to play but uh, yeah. you know this is uh, they're, they're having to do it and I'm thinking how many games have you commentated on this season yeah. how many Swansea games have you commentated on this season where we have played pretty much this exact style better or worse we have played that exact style and yet he's still rolling that out at some point they gotta say do you know what swansea are really bad to watch aren't they they don't play much football they're really miserable it's, and, it's and bad back to I, you can't take it back at that at the media comment uh of, of of what they would look at and say oh, swansea was sitting in fourth you know sacked their managers scandalous this is like watford etc for me, you, you get your true feel of how a club is performing. And when anyone sacks a manager, see what the fans say. Because the fans are the ones that have to watch 95 minutes every week. And not the media who pick out snippets of highlights or whatever and go, oh, that could have gone in. That could have... No, you have to watch the full game to get the, the, the taste of what's going on and know what's going on behind the scenes. And um, and, and like I say, you know, the media itself, you know, you, 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 we can't really hang on that because they're so far behind, as you say, the Birmingham game. They're saying, oh, Swans are, are going to have to dig in if they because they can't play their pretty football today. What pretty football? <laughs> what pretty football? We haven't, you know, we haven't played pretty football. We, you know, we may have played effective football during times of Cooper's reign, but pretty? I'm not sure that's a word I would attribute. But, but this is this is kind of my my point really is that a lot gets said about style etc and obviously style is more important to, to Swansea fans than it is to most fans I think because of you know the the, the way we've got success in the past is has always been really through through playing attractive attacking football etc um for me like style at the end of the day is secondary to results etc my point is actually that that what we've seen since that Norwich game where you know it what that wasn't a particularly pretty game to watch. I wouldn't say that was massively entertaining, but it was it was good football. It was really well, you know, a well executed strategy with high energy football and and you know effective football as well. Um, what we've seen since then isn't that. I mean, what we've seen since then is is quite disjointed, fluky, relying a lot on luck, um, playing percentages and not even playing percentages well. Um, no. It's it's just it, there's nothing about football over the past three months that you can say is good. It's not just, you know, ugly, but functional. No, no, it's, it's ugly. It's not really functional. It's, it's just been fluky, really. The the fact that we've amassed so many points over the past um, few months, because actually the football has not been good by any kind of definition, not just hasn't been pretty. It has not been good. Um, And that's what gets me, um, I, I, I'll put up with ugly football if it gets results. Um, we've done it, you know, before with with Cooper, and there's a lot to admire when a team is is functional and effective. There's nothing to admire about this Swans team. I mean, it, we'll, we'll move on to to Preston, even though the the two very different games, but so many of the same themes. Um, Steve, we we actually saw um, a change of system, and that came after. Um, Lee Bowyer said after the Birmingham game that we were very predictable, that we only play one system. And that's entirely true. 
Um, did you want us to change that system before this game? And do you think it had any kind of positive impact on, on our performance against Preston? I felt that we, we did need to make do something because you know we do look predictable, don't we? The last few games have been really poor. And you just think that when you know that the plan isn't working, you have to try and maybe change things a little bit. So I was in favour of the you know the, the changes. I, I don't really think that it, it worked, mind if I'm honest. So that we didn't have a bad spell, I suppose, in the second half where we we were in there half a lot, but we, if we're honest, we didn't really look like scoring or anything, which is uh, but no change there really, is there? But you know, it, if we're honest, it, it it didn't really work today. I mean, the you, I think you have to say now we're missing that out and out like striker, even if it's not just for the goals, it's the maybe the presence of a, a striker as well, because you know, Whitaker, Ayew, and Lowe, they're they're not strikers, are they? let's, let's be honest, they're not like. You know, they're, they're more like wide players or something like you know he can play from the right he's not bad in a two up front but he's not good as a, a striker on his own so you know I'm looking at it almost thinking like if Liam Cullen was to come back fit then I'd be tempted to throw him in because at least he is a striker and then you're playing but, with a striker Go what, about, what about Whitaker? I mean we saw against Cardiff he got into the, into decent positions in the middle a couple of times I mean why why did he spend most of this game on, on the right? I think quite often he's I think of Derby, he's been one of those that isn't necessarily like an out-and-out front man that does sort of play out wide. I thought he, he at least tried maybe more to make things happen. He had a couple of shots and he had were blocked. And then, you know, I could see him trying to t- maybe take people on. But again, it, it wasn't massively effective, was it? I mean, if we're being honest with Whitaker, I mean, he played well against Cardiff. He's one of the few players that did. The decision to drop him was a bit ridiculous, really. And now, obviously, we've played him in a different system and it didn't work so well. So... I think that definitely has to be um, a downside. I think I, I probably would stick with him in the team, mind, because I think at least he is fresh and he does try to make things happen. I can't say I'm overly confident it would make a, a huge difference, mind, but you do just think now we, we need to do something a little bit different because when you have gone 447 minutes without a goal and for most of that, then I bet we're in single-figure shots on target in that time. You know, it does indicate there's there are pretty big problems, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, Matt, I uh, we've discussed changing formations um, previously this this um, season, and one of the things that that's really got me kind of hesitant about it because a lot of people have said dump dump the back five, even when things were going much better. People have said, oh, let's go play four at the back, mm. and I've always kind of argued, be careful what you wish for, because actually. Apart from his first month in charge, Cooper, um, I, I, there's only one formation that I've seen work with him, and that is five-three-two. Um, everything else has really been difficult to watch and really ineffective. Um, and I think we saw that again today because what 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 we saw was a back four with Manning and Roberts as as fullbacks. They couldn't get forward as much which really hampered our attacks. I mean, Robert is shattered anyway, so he wasn't going to get forward, whatever the system. But, um, you know, it, it, the fact that we don't play with wingbacks then leaves us really bereft of quality out wide. Um, so that, And that's our only source of creativity for most of the season is, is from our wingbacks. Um, when, 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 when our wingbacks don't function, we don't function in attack. I think we've said that several times before. So switching from five at the back gets rid of your main creative influence. But also, as we saw today, it really opens us up at the back. And I thought Mark Gay looked just a totally different player to what he does in a back five. I thought he was really shaky. I actually thought he should have been sent off in the first half. I know you're going to disagree with me here, but I thought he he got caught out by Chet Evans and he dragged him down. Cabango was good two or three yards behind him. I don't mm. think that was close enough for you to say that he was a covering defender. I thought that was denying a goal-scoring opportunity. I, but I, I just thought generally we looked very uncomfortable at the back and still and created even less against Preston than we did against Birmingham. It's, I want the change in formation um, because, and I didn't agree at the time, and I, I, I was on record to say at the time when we were winning games, people were still asking for, oh, you know, we're doing well now. Let's go, let's go, you know, four three three. Let's let's try and be a bit more creative and a bit more attacking. No, because the five three two was Cooper's style. He's a defensive manager. He's uh, the way he. Uh, we know that anyway. We know he's he's quite defensive and cautious. And his 
success up until a point here has been built on a sturdy defence. I mean, the back five, when it was functioning, we were looking like we were going to break all sorts of records for keeping clean sheets and whatnot. Gehi is, uh, and, and I don't want to, you know, slam too much because um, he has been phenomenal for nigh on a year for us. Um, but he's getting back to the sort of Mark Gehi now, which we were seeing pre-lockdown, which is, he looks very unsure. He is very uncomfortable in his own skin out there. Uh, it's not just today. For me, Birmingham as well, um, in, in, in recent games, um, he's looked like a shadow of his former self. Um, and, and, and and that's not to pick on Mark yeah, He but the, he's a symptom of the problems we're going through at the moment. So um, the, the, the back four uh, only works oh, as a 4-3-3. If he comes up with fresh ideas, it's no, it's no good. And we said this before. Um, you can make subs and you can change formations, and and sometimes you need to do that. And I do think it's time you change formation and try something different. But you need to, you can't just do that. You can't just change the personnel and go right off you go because they need to have some idea of how you want to play. So you're going to have a front three now, or you're going to have two dropping off behind the main striker. You're going to have three up on the opposition box. Is Whitaker should Whitaker stay in the 18 yard box? Should he be hovering around there to, so that when we get the ball, we can give it to him quickly to get snapshots away. The players didn't look like they knew what they were doing again. I mean, Whitaker, as you say, he spent most of the game out, right? We didn't ask him to come on to play as a winger. That wasn't what we were saying. We were saying he's the only one getting shots away. Get him in front of goal and let us, let us see what he can do, you know, given a full match. It's no good for us to just keep changing the, the, the players and, and, and changing or changing a formation and expecting you have to have something tactically behind it. You need to get the players to play into that formation. You, you know, it's like, okay, it's, it's like conceding a goal and putting an extra striker on. Well, that on the face of it looks like you're going for it, but not unless you're actually going to play to that strength now. Not unless you're actually going to start playing the ball up there quicker. When you get the ball now, let's stop, you know, goes, let's, let's get the ball forward quicker so that they got a better chance that we've got four men up there rather than three. In, in itself, Cooper looks like he's doing the things that need to be done, but it needs to be backed up with something on the training pitch. It's almost as if he's turning up at two o'clock going... Well, that didn't work against Birmingham. Let's try this. And, and 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 no one's been told anything until the team sheet comes out. And and unfortunately, that's the way it's looking on the pitch. The players aren't playing passes, and when they do try to play passes, even the five-yard ones get though. They, they're not making players anymore. We we seem like a team that cannot string two or three passes together, or even if we do, there's no pass and move. I saw an op- a chance today where we actually fell accidentally on the right hand side into a triangle. I think it was Roberts, Whitaker, and um, I can't remember who the third person was. But we accidentally fell into a triangle. But oh, Fulton, and we and, and none of them moved. They one the ball got out to Roberts, and he passed it to to Fulton, and then they were all standing there, and it went back to Roberts. Um, we we remember the Swansea triangle, right? We remember seeing pass and move and playing and and and, and overcrowding players and. Uh, I think the formation change isn't necessarily a bad thing, but there needs to be something with it. You cannot just check the players out at three o'clock on an afternoon, and, and there just seems to be no idea of what they would, what they're even trying to do. Um, Steve, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but but feel free to disagree because um, uh, I, I mean, one thing you could possibly argue is that results-wise, over the last two games, we've been a little bit unlucky. The penalty against Birmingham was, you know, an unfortunate slip by Danda, um, really. You know, just f- a freak occurrence, um, which has conceded the penalty in the in the last minute. And today, I mean, that that's a freakish own goal. I mean, it, it, Preston have had two very fluky uh, late goals in two games now. Um, today's was particularly fluky. I mean, does that change things in any way for you? I, I think that is a fair comment. I, I'd certainly say, you know, Dan the slipping and giving away a pen, it's, it's one of those things you can't really blame him for it. I do think we're unlucky. And obviously, as you say today, with the bit of the, the ricochet going in for our own goal, and it, it definitely is unlucky. However, if you look at that Stoke game where we had that dive for the penalty, incredibly jammy. The Middlesbrough second half where we were abysmal, it caught up with us. And then, yeah, we did get a pen that, that was a foul. But again, we did nothing that half and we stole it. I mean, in the end, I think luck tends to even out a little bit. And that's what's happened, though. It's run out. 
and the consequences have been quite dire. So as much as I have sympathy with us maybe in isolation for these couple of games, I don't have sympathy in the bigger picture because the luck has gone with us quite a lot and you can't just rely on luck. It tends to run out in the end. And the fact is, I mean, we haven't asked any questions to get any luck at the other end either. So, yeah, I I, I don't sympathise in, in general is the, the truth of it. It's been crap. In the end, it catches up with you. It now has caught up with us. It's as simple as that from my point of view. And, um, I mean, look at the bigger picture now. Um, we, we said earlier, I mean, the the, um, the automatic spots, they're, they're long gone. We, we're not going to be getting um, the automatic um, the automatic spot. That looks to be Watford quite safely now. Um, but just looking at the rest of the table, we've got, we've got um, 69 points, which is the same amount as we had four games ago. Um, with that, well, only now four points above Bournemouth in seventh. Four points is the gap between mm. us and the playoff spots. That has that gap has narrowed so rapidly. I mean, I, I said a couple of weeks back it would it would take a real collapse for us to um for us to miss out in the playoffs. What I mean, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, we're having that collapse, aren't we? We are, but in, in fairness to yourself, it's not just our collapse, it's also the teams around us winning. Um, which is if you look over the course of the season. The teams finished. The teams who are seventh, eighth, and ninth, they tend to. They're about 50-50, you know, on wins. They can drop points, silly points, and stuff. All of a sudden, you've got teams who are putting together runs of results, and we're going on a four-game losing streak. So, in 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 defence of your previous comment, I think both things have happened at the same time. Yes, we're having that collapse, which we <laughs> kind of thought, you know, would be the worst-case scenario, but also. It's been eaten up by the fact that other teams are winning. Sometimes you can go on a losing streak and you can turn around and go, we are lucky that they've been crap because we haven't lost that much ground. Yes, opportunities missed going up um, and challenging and up for other honours. But you, you sometimes get lucky that other teams have been dropping points around you. That's just not happening at the moment. Um, and, and yes, if, if current trends continue, then then we're absolutely on course to fall out. Um, of of the top six, um, and, and 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 to your previous comments about luck, which yes, it is valid in the sense of the last minute penalty and the own goal today, but it's not as if I would consider it to be unlucky as if we those things happened and we had a goal disallowed or we hit the post and stuff like that, and you think oh, on another day, but take those two unlucky situations out of Birmingham and Preston, and the best we could have hoped for in both of those games is a draw. It's not good enough still. So, yes, it, the, the manner of the defeats are unlucky, but it's not as if we were unlucky at both ends of the pitch. It, it's just one-way traffic against some of the poorest teams the division has to offer. If, um, if listeners, you are still with us at um, this stage <laughs> of this um, remarkably grim podcast, one, mo- one slight positive that I can give you is that even if we miss out in the playoffs, it looks like Cardiff City are going to two because um, with their 25 minutes into their game uh, and they're losing 3-0 against um, Sheffield Wednesday, who started the day bottom of the table. Um, yes, Slipwick. is slipping all the way down the table. But I hope this doesn't bite us on the backside when it goes out I, to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, if it comes back to 4-3, then Dan, by all means, like, you know, edit... Just yeah, I, it comes back to like... yeah, I'm um, I'm emigrating to Timbuktu. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> we did say, didn't we, uh, when he took the job, we wanted him to go on a on a run to to secure him a contract. He did that. He got his contract very early on, and the inevitable blip and the the bubble bursting is uh, seems to be happening there as well now because their form has fallen off the edge yeah. of a cliff. Oh, even funnier, Callum Patterson, I think, has scored one of the goals. Jesus, well, coming back to bite them. Um, what what's really not funny is that even though Cardiff are clearly going through a blip at the moment, the bubble has popped. Um, they still managed to beat us quite convincingly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like that's um, yeah, that sums up how bad we are, and that's one of the things I'm worried about. If I'm being honest, moving on um, swiftly because we've we've lost um, four games in a row now. Uh, without scoring so that's the first time we've lost four consecutive league games since the final weeks of of our Premier League tenure under Carlos Caviar it's also the first time we've gone four games without scoring since that period 
Um, I mean, anybody who remembers that that period, that that was a monumental collapse, which saw us kind of go from a very safe position where we didn't need to do much to stay up to obviously eventually getting relegated uh, in those final two games of the season. Um, I mean, that that's the kind of form that we're talking about at the moment. That it's been that long since we've seen that kind of that kind of trend. Um, you know what's worry- so bad about that, kit though, is that the time, of course, we were still a, a 14th, 15th place Premier League team. Um, so you do expect to lose more than you win. Uh, you, you have got the, the heavyweights there with different budgets and and, and that can happen. Um, Carvajal almost publicly threw in the towel at a couple of the bigger games towards the end of the season, saving himself for the, the must-wins, if you like, which obviously came back on him massively uh, and the season collapse was complete um, against Southampton. But even then, that collapse was built around a team that had been struggling for a few years and looked like we were teetering on the brink, so it wasn't all an almighty surprise. This is a team that supposedly three, four weeks ago could have gone top of the league if we'd won our games in hand. We could have overtaken Norwich. That's how ridiculous this collapse is. We're supposed to be a team fighting automatics. Or I say, I say supposed, I retract that because of, we talk about what Cooper's done with the limited budget, etc. and the limited squad. But we were in position to compete for automatics and looked like mathematically we could go top, which is just fact. Um, so this collapse now is is un, unseen. It's not like a struggling team that's just been found out. This is a team that that looked like it could go all the way, and and now it's just it's it's fallen off the edge of a cliff. It's run off the edge of a cliff. Whatever it's done, it's just incredible. I I heard uh, another podcast, the um the second tier podcast, which is a very good championship podcast. Um mm. earlier on, describe sort of compare our current form and our current situation to that of. The Derby team under Steve McLaren, which had been top not long before the the season's end, and ended up finishing eighth because they their form just nosedived. Um, that's that's not a nice comparison. And, and one of the worrying things for me, boys, is when you look back at the teams that we've lost to recently. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we lost three 0 to Bournemouth, who are, are, have been resurgent in recent weeks. They've got good players, um, it, and and our record against Bournemouth anyway is is chronic. So that's you know that that's one that you can kind of explain but since then we talked we lost to Cardiff who we've we've said now are, are you know going through a real blip and I think it's fair to say they, they weren't brilliant against us they they worked very hard they were very organized but they they weren't the best team that we've played this season by any means um we then lost to Birmingham who had the worst home record in the division uh, until we played them we've lost to Preston who've been in such poor form they sacked their manager uh during the international window and i think they've lost they, they've i think won two of the last 14 league games you know the, the the ultimate kind of mid-table nothing side um and they weren't great today let's be honest they were they were better than us but but that didn't say much um we've lost to some pretty bad teams and if we can't beat those teams I'm just wondering where our results are going to come from because that was the kind of the easier stretch of our remaining games. We'll, we'll get on to discuss Millwall um, in in a bit now because they're our next match on Saturday live on Sky. That's that's something to fear because they've now won three in a row uh, and they are I think level on points with Cardiff now. Um, then we play against Sheffield Wednesday, who, as we've said, were three 0 up after 25 minutes against Cardiff today. We've then got against a match against Wickham. Um, which you'd expect us to win, but God, who who can confidently say that we will beat Wickham right now? Um, then we've got QPR. Then our three remaining games, you've got Reading, who could could be competing against us for a, for a playoff spot at that stage. Derby, who will be fighting um, desperately to stay up at that stage of the season. And then Watford away, who I think still have the best home record in the division. And let's face it, they, they just look so comfortable and short, so assured at the moment. Um, I I just don't know, boys, where kind of where the points come from if we keep on playing this way to to keep us in the playoff spots. Well, you look at you say Wickham, uh, Millwall, Sheffield Wednesday. We should be looking at those sorts of games, Derby as well. Looking at those sorts of games in our position and thinking, right, if we're serious, there's twelve points in those four games. If we're really serious about this, we need to win those four games. You can look at your Watfords then and your Reddings and say, right, okay, take a point from a rival, whatever. The ones you need to win 
I mean, as you say, forget result. I want to see a goal. <laughs> Where's anything coming from? Because it's not, again, it's not about luck in that end of the pitch. It's not like we're hitting the post. It's not like, oh my God, we've missed another penalty or things are just not happening for us. And we, I can't even get angry at refs. They always like to get angry at a ref who's robbed us. <laughs> we can't even get angry at refs anymore because it's just like, well, what opportunity did a ref have to give us something? You can't, you can't miss chances you don't get. And I think that's what's most great to me is under previous managers, we've been wasteful. We've been we've had a soft underbelly. We've bossed games 56, 58% possession and lost to two sucker punches. And you're just thinking, oh my God, why can we not see it out? We should have scored that chance. We, that should have been a goal. That was a penalty. I, I can't say anything. Our analysis is, well, we're not even getting to the box. You know, we're not even getting the ball in the box. I'd like to see our recent touches inside the box. A lot of stats are nonsense, but those ones are the ones that kind of give you a sense of where play is. And 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 our touches inside the box must be startlingly low because we don't get it in there. It's, it's, it, 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 I just want to see something and we're not getting it. Um, Steve, looking ahead to our trip to the Den next week. I mean, how are you feeling right now looking ahead to that match? Um, not good uh, is the, the honest answer, and I'm sure I'm not the only with you, uh, the only person thinking that. Um, you know, Millwall have, have won their last uh, couple, haven't they? And we're low on form. I know the Den, I'm, I'm this difficult place to go then whether that's actually true at the moment, I I don't know. But the, the fact is, the way we're playing and the lack of chances we're creating, and obviously the fact we're not scoring. You just don't see us doing anything. Like I honestly, I think our best play, chance of getting into the playoffs this is the shit out of our way to nil nils. Other than that, I don't know how the hell we're going to get in there. So you know, but it, I suppose I'm saying this: it, it could turn, couldn't it? I mean, if we were to get a result, that might you know change things a bit. I mean, that's that's what we really need now, don't we? We just need to f- try and maybe find something from somewhere because we probably don't need that many points do we to get in the playoffs. I mean, a couple of wins and then maybe um, a, a draw here and then that. That probably would be enough, especially if the you know if the draws, for example, were to come against Reading, because obviously you don't want them to beat you because they could go above us. But you know, I, I can't lie and, and say that I feel especially confident because I don't. I mean, what we're seeing has been awful, and it's the results have, have now dried up, kind of thing. But as we said, we've been playing poorly for a while, so you know, we, we just look out on our feet and we look bereft of any confidence as well. So. Yeah, if I, I if I'm honest, I'd uh, be absolutely delighted if there was another international break and it meant I didn't have to watch it. It, it, <laughs> it genuinely, when you watch the Swans, it looks like the players like fear playing for us as much as we fear watching them. It's like nobody wants to be involved in this spectacle. Nobody wants to be <laughs> on the pitch. Nobody wants to be watching the stream, and yet players and fans, we have to do it. It's like they get paid to do it. We just have some kind of psychotic disorder that makes us do it. Um, it's, um, it, yeah, it's it's mad. Um, I mean, let's let's just wrap it up with with predictions because uh, this this is just depressing me far more than it needs to on a uh, bank holiday Monday. Uh, Matt, start off with you. I mean, Swans against Millwall, 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. How bad is it going to be? Well, I, d- I didn't think I'd be saying this six weeks ago, even though I've not been a fan of, of the style of play for a long time. Um, but it, it, even the game coming up thick and fast, it does depend on who's in charge. And and that seems a ridiculous statement to make, given our position, and as, as we talked about through the podcast. But it really does. And I think those conversations at some level now will be being had. Um, maybe not with Cooper directly. Do you, really think, do you really think anybody at the club is genuinely like even contemplating getting rid of Cooper? I think so. I, I, I would I would be surprised if they don't monitor the mood on social media. And I'm not saying that they 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 they're playing they're playing every word of it. But I feel like the club, uh, you know, they they're not blind to how things are going. They're not sitting there just going, oh shit, it's uh. Swans play today, aren't they? Let's have a look. At, oh, oh, we lost. But look at where we are on the table. That's still a good year. They, they're going to see the trend. They're going to see the way things are going, the way the fans are feeling. The, they're going to be uh, seeing these games the way we're seeing them, hopefully, and seeing that it's not just defeats. It's the manner. The, the, the fact that we've got nothing in the tank. We've got nothing. We've not got any ideas. 
Um, it may just be preliminary chat at this moment. It may be, right, let's not offer that new contract just yet. Let's just see how it plays out. But I, I think, at the, you know, four defeats on the bounce, it would be negligent not to have those sorts of conversations, at least long-term conversations at this stage. Maybe I'm being overzealous by saying that it depends for Millwall who's in charge. But I, I'd be surprised if there's not murmurings of, mm, how's this going to play out here? Um, at some point in the hier- hierarchy of the Swans. Um, but given that, you know, as we say, um, the owners would uh, will have to hold their hands up to um, the fact of how hamstrung we are budget-wise and how much Cooper's had to bring in his loan players and stuff. Maybe he gets um, maybe he gets the end of the season to see what happens. Um, and if he's in charge, I'm with Steve. I'm not confident at all. They'll probably put us down for a 2-0 defeat. Steve, I mean... Do, do you think the club will actually like seriously consider what what some fans have now been calling for and and getting rid of uh, of Cooper and you know what what is your prediction as well for Millwall while we're at it? Uh, no, he won't be going anywhere at this stage. I mean, the, the fact is, if you look at it in isolation, you don't have to watch it. It's not actually that bad as it were in fourth place, and obviously, you know, he's we've sold players and he's he's had limited funds to bring people in. So in, in the face of it, it's not like a, a bad job that's just done. It's, obviously, it's the style of play that's the main killer, just being terrible. And we do look now like we're out on our feet. But I, I don't see any situation where he is getting the bullet before the summer. And I think for him, for that to even happen, we would surely have to drop out of the top six. So yeah. he will still be here. I'm, I'm more or less certain on um, on that one. The only way it, uh, it could happen before the end of the season, I think it's very unlikely. So if we carry on losing, then we drop to about seventh with two games to go, and they might then think, actually, we are going to roll the dice. But even then, I I don't think they're going to do that. So like, um, like Norwich did with uh, Chris Hutton, and like with three games to go in their Premier League season, and they were already pretty much doomed to relegation. Yeah, I think when Norwich did that, they had like um, I'm sure their the remaining fixtures were like Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City. Yeah, like, well, it was horrible. Yeah, basically, you should have pulled the the trigger earlier, shouldn't it? So. You know, but sometimes you, you know, would it get a reaction? It, it could do. I mean, let's be honest. You remember when Carvalho was here, and then we, I remember we lost to Bournemouth, and then we had Southampton and uh, Stoke to come at home. There was a, genuinely a part of me then thinking we look dumb. He's got a contract at the end of the season, which was a big thing there, where you know it's not going to cost you much money. And there was, was honestly a part of me thinking it should be just boot him out, give Curtis it for two games. And that might have had the reaction just to get us like that a, a draw against an Anton or a win, and obviously that would have been enough then to to keep us up. But you know, I I don't see that as something that's going to happen. That um, this is the difference with Evans Carvalho was that like it really did look like it was going to be we were going to go down kind of thing. And obviously that would cost you millions. But you know, Cooper they'll probably still think on the whole has done a good job. So he's 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 going nowhere in terms of prediction. Uh, I'm gonna say a soul destroying nil nil release that would stop the rot. That that would be so. I would celebrate. I would rip your hand off right now for a nil nil against. Mill. <laughs> it was just like I I do I do unspeakable things to get a nil nil against Millwall right now. I I I think it's gonna be a fourth straight one nil defeat. Uh, and again, I think we're gonna struggle to create. Uh, and I think it's gonna be quite comfortable for Millwall. Um, if I'm being honest, the way the way things look at the moment. Um. And you know, I mean, do you, sometimes you say one one win can just change everything. One win could really, you know, lift the mood and get get us feeling confident again. Do Do you think we have the potential for that to happen, Matt? I mean, start with you. I mean, do Do you think that if we were to get a win against Millwall, no matter how scrappy, how undeserved, that that we could actually kind of turn things around then and kind of stabilize ahead of. Uh, a hopeful playoff push towards the end of the season. No, and and maybe maybe that's probably what's most damning is we uh, for me we're not a victory away from you know building the confidence back or whatever we we seem to be lacking because for me we were doing the wins recently we were we were winning the games we were winning games with 95th minute penalties recently but the performance for the 95 minutes leading up to it weren't good enough they weren't full of confidence they weren't full of invention they weren't full of energy or enthusiasm it was boring we were second best in every department and getting the win so if we did the same against middle millwall 
there's no shoots of anything there apart from the fact that it's three points. And yeah, I, I completely understand that, you know, you've got that as, as the main goal at this stage of the season is points on the board. But our recent wins show that a victory doesn't mean uh, a change in attitude because our recent victories were complete nonsense victories, undeserved. And we didn't follow that up then, that undeserved victory, with a better performance. We followed it up with another awful terrible performance that again we managed to scrape a victory from so you'd have to go back a long way before we look at the sort of performances that we could have been proud of i'm going to finish the podcast on a lighter note and just ask the two of you what easter eggs you had this weekend so um steve did you have an easter egg this weekend yeah i had a few actually i nice. had um i had a kit kat that was only a smaller one um i think i had a galaxy a chocolate orange and a miniature hero. So I'm I think most of them are close to the god tier of chocolate to be fair. So wow. that is that that's definitely a, a good thing. You went to town on them. Okay, uh, I'm I didn't buy, buy any of them for myself. <laughs> fair play. Fair play. Someone's got a secret admirer then, eh? Yeah. I I tucked into a white chocolate Oreo Easter egg. Um and I've got a um Maltesers Easter egg to eat as well, with like bits of Malteser in the egg, which is something I'm really looking forward to. Uh Matt, um finish this off. Oh. Okay. You've got you've got two kids. You must have you must be surrounded by Easter eggs. <laughs> None of it's mine. None of the kids have the kids have done well out of it. I think they got three or four <laughs> Easter eggs each. Um, no, I think I've got maybe one of those. Uh, I think I got one of those one pound ones you can pick up in Tesco's, the the Malteser ones with uh, a small Malteser bunny in or something like that. Um, nice. But no, nothing to write home about, boys. Uh, um, when, I, I suppose when you've got two kids, everything becomes <laughs> they become the focus and you become an afterthought. So uh, no, I'll, I'll enjoy what I've got, um, but not enough of it, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, at, le- at least kids give you think something to take your mind off the swans, anyway. Which, uh, which <laughs> yeah. is something me and Steve don't have. Um, thank you very much for joining us we're really sorry there's been such a depressing podcast but that is well such is life as a Swansea City fan right now it's um, it's a difficult spell of the season hopefully we can uh, overcome it even though the uh, the signs are not too promising um, but uh, well join us after the Millwall game to uh, to find out if somehow things uh, things can change but uh, until then thank you very much for joining us mm-hmm.